I'm Laura Zach. And I'm Brittany Ashley. And this is Sicker Sadder World, the podcast where we rewatch episodes of Daria and relate it to our current world. Wow. Wowie wowie. We have made it to the end of the series. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but it flew right by. Yeah, it's only been like a year and a half, maybe. And how much has changed? Truly only gotten worse. I've rolled through a couple of girlfriends. <laughs> I have gotten progressively more heartbroken. I got through a depression, so that was pretty sick, but have just been in perpetual state of insatiableness since but that's not specific to the last year and a half that's true that's more of a childhood womb thing we started this right after the 2016 election or was it right after inauguration i think it was right after the election part of our motivation for starting it was to have something to busy our minds in the time of dread but It really has gotten way worse than I thought it could in terms of the political arena. Entirely. It's gone on for way longer than I could have possibly fathomed. I just saw that tweet where Donald Trump was in all caps threatening the president of Iran. And then there are people like making memes of it, which were actually pretty... The Stan meme. Like the Eminem, the Eminem, Dear Stan. Well, people were doing all sorts of different songs, which would be funny, but it's also like, how is this our reality? Brittany's taking a pic. I want to commemorate it. Yeah. It's a very sweaty evening in Los Angeles. It is a week of the 90s. Little insider info about recording audio is you can't have AC or fans blowing. No, you just get to sit in the sweat that is this room. That is our bodies. We are going to handle Is It College Yet? But you all have been very sweet. I mean, there's still people like discovering the podcast. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I know. Just being like, this is a thing. And I mean, other than some of the timely things that we hit upon, it is something that people can revisit and listen to. At any time. So I hope Absolutely. that some of you will. I don't know that I want to re-listen. Just like knowing my own mind space that I was in for a lot of those records. I think I need to be a little bit further away before I revisit lovingly. Totally. You know. And because we still have Angel on Top and I'm at other podcasts, it's hard to have time to listen to other podcasts. To just know? listen to our own voices. Yeah. <laughs> I listen to our voices so often. Yeah. Totally. I think we can do our final farewells probably on the last episode, right? What do you mean? What are you going to say? Just like I want to have something like ready to say of like thanks. Okay. I, I mean, perhaps to commemorate the film, is it college yet? Maybe, you know, we'll do a little something that we used to do in college, which is maybe smoke a little weed halfway through. Oh. Pull it. Pull it. Is it fall yet? I was going to throw that question out to the audience of like, 
what they'd prefer for the final episode. Okay, yeah. Can you tweet at us and let us know if you'd prefer I'll us to be I'll put up a poll. So- yeah, please. I'll put up a poll of like halfway through. But honestly, if we if we put up a poll, I see this is the thing. I think I'm working with you so much that I'm taking on some of your insecurity. Cuz now I'm thinking like if we put up a poll, I'm going to think that everyone who votes I prefer you were sober is mad at us. Mm. It's like, oh, are we being disrespectful to people who are sober? Are we making fools of ourselves? Like then anytime I'm ever stoned again, I'll think of whatever percentage voted be sober. See, this makes me want to do it even more now. Well, you can do it on your own time. On our. No, I don't want it. I don't want to see the percentage. It'll haunt me. That's not a good thing for a stone brain to think about. Well, okay. I'm already, you know, this is huge that I've even been willing to publicly record myself in that state. Wow. I mean. Has it been freeing? Yeah, it has. I honestly don't know that I would have done that pre-Trump. Wow. Or definitely not pre-legalization. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents still, I don't think, know about this podcast, and they would be very disappointed. My dad would be like, let's let's smoke together and record an app. I have smoked weed with my dad before, but not I have no. smoked weed with your dad before. <laughs> nice. La, 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 la. La, 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 la. This is my style Got to get up Or I might fall Excuse me Excuse me I've got to be Episode 13, Boxing, Boxing Daria. Daria. Play on dot Boxing Day, second Christmas time? No, it's a play on Boxing Helena, which is a film, but they have no thematic similarities. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so this is not a typical of a Daria season finale. It's stylized different than the other 12 episodes preceding it in the season. Uh, it's generally making a larger statement about the themes And I was actually looking at an interview where Glenn Eichler, who is the co-creator, said that Daria's whole journey was wrapped up in this episode. That Daria realizes that her isolation isn't just about being different, but it's that she likes being isolated. So your understanding is that they went into this episode knowing it was the end. It wasn't a situation where they wrote it and then found out they were canceled. No, I don't think so. I think that they went into it knowing that it was the end they put like they knew the movie was coming yes i think they put little bows on most storylines they put it on mr o'neill they put it on jane they put it on tom they put it on quinn they put it on her parents i think that they wrapped a lot of little storylines up you're gonna have to unwrap some of these in front of me can't I'd love to see what i got yeah <laughs> yeah it was very 
emotional. There were elements of it that felt almost like live action would handle it. Like some non-linear moments. Like the opening shot is this blackout where you just hear this dramatic sound of a crashing vehicle and then someone asking a young woman if she's okay. Right. It like starts in Inmedius Res and then it also has three flashbacks but it's the same scene for each flashback it just builds upon the preceding flashback it reminded me a little bit of have you been watching sharp objects on hbo yes i watched the first episode so i may have mostly noticed this in the second and third episode so you'll see but the way it is edited is very similar to that where you get these I feel like it's a really interesting visual cinematic handling of PTSD. It's like seeing these flashes as as if from the POV of the protagonist of memories, but they jump around. Right. And you as you go through the series, you get more information and see more of the scenes. Yeah. And that's Jean-Marc Billy's style, too, because he also was the director of Big Little Lies. I love it. Yeah. It's so good because you just get these little cuts. It's like hard cuts and it's just like these little tiny moments that match cut into something else in big little eyes it was like um what's her name from transcendent ascendant shailene woodley yeah right the like moments of her on the beach on the beach yeah Yeah. but anyway this this episode felt very ambitious in that way totally they weren't phoning it in it felt very intentional there was some rapid character growth throughout the episode with Daria, but it also felt earned because it was also the culmination of character growth from an entire series. Yeah. So we cut to mourning from that scene of that's all in black and their fridge has broke. And what's going on in the background is that Tom is going away for a week to the cove which literally my girlfriend just went away to the Cape. So, I mean, similarities there. What are the odds? But Jane and Daria are talking about that. And Daria kind of does the thing that, you know, people in couples usually do, which is like, yeah, now me and you get to hang out more. And you could tell that Jane is kind of just like, yeah, cool. Like, I'm kind of just here when, like, Tom goes out of town. You want to hang? Um, we oh, get- I didn't read that offer. I, mean, I did I because it. that's what makes the end earned for me. Oh, where In she's the diner. Like, well, I don't want to give it away. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we see Principal Lee. There's like this rand. This is a great way for Principal Lee to go out, which is that they're doing random snack spot checks, which is that if they catch you bringing in snacks that aren't from the school, they're going to confiscate them. There are so many moments in this episode that reminded me of other episodes, mm-hmm. which also felt intentional, most likely. Like, this one obviously reminded me of the one where they got the soda endorsement. Totally fizz ed. Yeah. It felt a little bit like a, this is your life. Like Whoa. a best of. The, the way now. your hair is swooped right now, you look like one of the leads in The Outsiders. What's the face? What do they do? Like a like a scowl? You like look like Leif Garrett. I don't Thank know if you, you know who Leif Garrett is. That's great. <laughs> he was a soch. A socialist? No, he was a soch. You know how there's like the greasers and the soches? I never saw it. What? Scoobadaboo? <laughs> the Outsiders? I read the book. I never, but a long time ago. Not enough to remember soch. Scoobadaboosh. 
hold for bath bath time. (laughs) A lot of times we have to pause in our recording for Brittany's upstairs neighbors. They love baths. They love heavy foot falling (laughs) and baths that overflow and pour into Brittany and Kirsten's bathroom. And I think they both wear platform shoes. Like hardcore. So there's a sweet moment with Mr. O'Neill. Well, sweet because of the way that it ends up. But Mr. O'Neill wants Daria to do the tours for the incoming freshmen. And I just saw eighth grade over the weekend and there was a scene that was like kind of similar to this. And it just reminded me of like how scared you are in eighth grade to go into high school and how how much it influences you to see a high schooler that's like kind of like you that you aspire like kind of like you, but cooler that you aspire to be. And so I in a weird way, I get why Mr. O'Neill asked Daria to just be like, yeah, but if we have like. Jody and Brittany and Kevin leading all these tours these kids are just gonna feel worse about themselves like I think they want someone that they can relate to and see that maybe they don't want to be these like he called them joiners Joiner types. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and this moment reminded me like I think the reason that he feels like this assumption about Daria doing a good job is because of that episode oh no that was the um is it fall yet? Yeah. When she was the camp counselor mm-hmm. with him. Like, she, he has already seen tangible evidence that she is surprisingly savvy with misunderstood youth. Totally. To me, it's kind of sweet that he wants to do that for kids. Like, it's not that he wants to ask one of the most antisocial people to do these things, but it's, like, for the benefit of kids. And then we get one of my favorite Six Sad World segments. Retirement by Rocket. Yeah. They gave her a goodbye party at 65 miles per second. <laughs> Retirement by Rocket next on Six Sad World. That's a young, young age to lose your life. Yeah. We're assuming she died, right? Yeah, 100%. Okay. Tom is telling Daria, like, hey, this wedding that I have to go to up in the cove, you should come up. And Daria's and, and Daria's reluctant to do so, as She's we like see. She's, like, generally insufferable in her way about it. She's totally. just like, I don't know, like, I don't, you know, I can barely handle weddings of people I know. Like, I can't even imagine. Like, immediately being so negative. Like, I think I've just become more empathetic to the plight of Tom a little bit because she is she's a toughie yeah and she doesn't make it any easier for him no it's not really like a case where she is one way for everyone else and then softens for her partner which a lot of times can be a seductive thing to someone when they feel like they see a different side to someone that they don't show anyone else Mm -hmm. but that's not what's happening here she's very much herself which is great because he digs that but sometimes and well there's a couple moments this episode where totally. I'm like, come on girl they get a new fridge and they left the cardboard box for the new fridge in the backyard the guys were moving it and thus starts the saga of the box daria just for reasons she's not even sure of is getting paranoid she wants to know where jake is why he left so suddenly was it really a last minute business trip 
did we have a box like this in the past? Helen says no. Why is this so familiar to me? So it's like this one question of the box ends up inspiring a very, what felt like a, a really realistic arc. Totally. Of someone being in their triggered paranoia, but not knowing why they're feeling this way and kind of generally projecting those emotions out onto whatever's near them. Right. Well, if it feels like something similar that your body has felt, my new therapist, she rocks, she's told me that sometimes your body reacts the same way and you start to like go through the same feelings and that's why it happens it's like muscle memory in a way for like these memories that maybe you've repressed that you haven't really talked about last week as you know I was in this small area this island in Maine that I grew up going to and spending long summers at and we would go with two other families and the the three moms including my mom were sort of like the mean girl matriarchs. They had like nicknames for everyone on the island. They made some off-color remarks. At the time, like I didn't register it as inappropriate, but there was also a lot of tension that grew and grew over the years between the three moms. And what ended up happening, which I didn't even remember until last week, and then all of these memories just from physically being in the same space came rushing back. And I remembered that this one summer, so we all stayed on this one property with three different houses with three different families. And completely organically, a huge water fight broke out between the three families. And it was so much fun that everyone planned for it to happen again the next summer. But at this point, passive aggression and tensions had built to such a degree that the families all came prepared stacked with like those big ass super soakers you could get at like Toys R Us that had the big like tank on them and it ended up being like all-out warfare so much so that like after that super soaker fight between the families it was like Lord of the Flies it was crazy it was like the the parents sicking the kids on each other everyone turning on each other and like they didn't talk for like five years after that so I was there like, in this space and being like, oh, those super soakers, man, and asking <laughs> my mom about it and like getting this whole other side of the story. Wow. So anyway, it was just interesting that this episode happened to sync up with that. It's it's in general like I'm just starting to accept the fact that the way that we are as, you know, adults or teenagers is a product of things that happened when we were kids or you know how we were treated when well we were kids. or possibly I mean when when it comes to generational trauma shit that happened to your mom or your grandmother mm-hmm. like my friend just started seeing a new therapist as well and someone who specializes in certain things that she struggles with and the first session they had together all of the questions were about her mother and her grandmother and questions about them that weren't directly related to this person, like things about their life before she existed. And then she talked about how there's more and more emerging studies about how important that specific line is around certain issues and traumas because your when you're a fetus in your mother's body and being, you know, made of the matter in her body, 
also your eggs are being made from that same matter. And so whatever's going on for the grandmother is hormonally and and materially going into the potential egg of who you became. So it's like, I think we've only scratched the surface of understanding all that stuff. Right. Yeah, but Daria is asking Quinn even like, hey, do you remember having like this big box that we were in? And like everyone's just kind of at a loss for for Daria's obsession. Straight up says, no, we never had one. Right. And the fact that she's denying it or Daria interprets that as a lie. She doesn't interpret it as like, oh, my mom just forgot. And it's like fuels her paranoia. Right. And then and then that leads into a fight with Tom. Right. Which is a bummer. She's being more vulnerable with him. It's like over the phone and she's she's considering going with him to the cove after all because right. things are so weird right now for her and with her family. And when when she brings up possibly coming, he doesn't respond the way she wants him to respond. She wants him to be all gung ho about her joining them. And the fact that he's just kind of like laid back in his Tom way about it. She is then like, you're lying to me. Like you're everyone around me lies. Yeah. And like, you're just saying that you want me to come, but really you don't. So let's talk about that flashback for a minute, huh? We're in Daria's room as a kid and we hear fighting downstairs and she's clearly listening to her parents fight. And Jake is yelling, which I found kind of surprising, like yelling at Helen and yelling about Daria saying that this is what she she like wants to be alienated from the other kids. And Helen is actually sticking up for her, saying that she's just a child. She didn't mean anything by it, which I felt like was a flip of how they generally are. I feel like if anything, Jake is like way more laid back and Helen is, you know, more a little a little more manic about, uh, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I believe that. I think that Jake is more manic just about other things that have nothing to do with his family. Um, but I think that Helen and Daria have always had like this bond with each other where they speak to each other like adults. And that's so, that's why I really love that line where Helen and Jake were trying to explain to Daria, like, yeah, we got to speak you were a kid and we got to speak to you like you were an adult, but obviously like there's a flip side to that where you're not going to get it, get along with all the other kids because you just aren't on the same level as them. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah, I don't know. Did it rub you at all that Jake was like yelling about Daria? I mean, only in that sometimes we've seen the way Jake expresses himself would be borderline aggressive and scary Mm -hmm. if he wasn't so ridiculous and if the things that he was upset about weren't so like they're so contained to his own world and it's clear that he's harmless to his family right so this is the first time that that level of his anger issues was shown as like being directed at one of the daughters right and so that was a little bit different for me Mm -hmm. like it definitely felt like there was almost a mystery aspect to it because they also in the first time they show the flashback it doesn't specify daria but it it also doesn't specify like 
what it is that she did so at first it's like oh does it involve the box like what'd she do in that box right but it's like she knows what she did like that's what she wants you to think yeah daria grabs the box from a street corner that her and quinn dragged it to and she actually brings it back and so it shows like this clear action that's being taken of her bringing it back constantly and keeping it around because she and I think in some way she's like baiting Helen to acknowledge it and be like, what the fuck does this box mean to me? Like, help me fill in the blanks of this. This personal mystery she's going through is affecting every arena of her life. Obviously, as we saw, it affects she and Tom when she goes to work and Mr. O'Neill tries again to convince her to be a tour guide. She takes it personally when he admits that his reasons are, as you mentioned before, that she's not so much a joiner type and she takes that as an insult and is like I'm not just this like misfit like I can get along with people and she doesn't want to be like this pegged as this one note thing right like being used for the ways that she doesn't fit in right and so there's something like instinctively that she understands about the memory she's got the bones of it down like the emotional impact is there she doesn't just doesn't understand the details of what happened And so then Daria shows Jane the box and Daria decides to sit in the box at the end of it. And she realizes like, yes, this is right. Well, and it's after she did confront her mom, the the right where she was like, did you guys fight about me as a kid? And she was basically like, no, she lied to her. Yeah. And yeah, as soon as she gets back into that physical space, it unlocks the memory to be able to actually come back. And she sees more of that same flashback. We see it more in flashback. And it's specific to the fact that Daria is unable to get along with other kids or make an effort to try. We learn that she has been going to a child psychologist and being shown Rorschach. Is it Rorschach? Yeah. Yeah. The Rorschach inkblot tests. And a cool thing about this scene is that the counselor mentions a herd of beautiful wild ponies running free across the plains, which is exactly what Daria said in the first in the pilot episode of Steamsters, oh. when they when her and Quinn are being showed uh, the ink blot tests at their first day of school at Lawndale. So it was like a nod to that first scene that Daria uses what a child psychologist said to her against her, essentially against her her ilk yeah also helen's hair in the flashbacks is so fabulous it's so hot oh so you're feeling young helen i'm feeling young helen it's because it's like a a quinn back in her day yeah we see how it's affecting helen and jake just as parents like the fact that you know they have this like child who just like likes to read all the time and then they have this other child who couldn't be more happy to like want to be around other kids and is just like bouncing off the walls being like all like I have no problems that are related to this like it's just like complete opposites and Helen and Jake have to take off work to go talk to the counselor like so much of their their days are having to sit with Daria and go to the counselor when they know Daria doesn't want to go to the counselor either and there was there was one thing that Jake said where he says, how much am I supposed to take? Because he's like super stressed out at work, 
like this is I guess a job that he had previously before he started this like consulting firm where someone worked above him and was like an asshole to him and he just like for him he was so stressed out that he just reached a point where he was like how much am I supposed to take and we see that when Daria hears all of that she gets out of bed and goes over to this box that's laid on its side and is sort of decorated like a house and she goes in there to read to to muffle the sound of her parents fighting so basically that fridge box that she went into it was an exact replica pretty much but it was what she used as like her little like getaway her little home and then it was kind of sweet because as soon as Daria snaps out of that flashback Quinn walks up and Quinn has simultaneously recovered the memory. So they're still connected, even though they're so different. And Quinn very earnestly is willing. She's the only one who, when Daria asks her straight up, like, do you remember? She is willing to give her the hard truth. Yeah. And Dar- Daria also asks Quinn, like, was it about me? And ah, God, like Quinn's humanity has just grown so much where I feel like old Quinn would have been like, yeah, because he fucking suck. But instead, she's like scared to tell her like, yeah, yeah it, it is about you. Yeah. yeah. So Jake comes home from his actual work trip and peeks into the box in the yard and sees Daria and is just like, oh, hey, kiddo. And he can tell that she's upset and goes to get Helen and the parents coax her out and you know basically plead with her to come out and talk to them and she confronts them and asks that they're completely honest with her Helen had initially forgotten about this fight but but it does admit that it happened and like you had started going into earlier expresses that it was really about the context of what they were going through as a family at the time with Jake working for a sadist yeah and Helen having to take on more work while taking care of the kids. And she says that you, Daria, were the topic, not the cause of the fight. Yeah. Like you, I thought they handled it really gracefully, actually. 100%. Yeah. And apparently Jake had gone for one night to a motel and then came back the next day. And they worked through it and they moved on. But isn't it funny how, like, as kids will create, like alternate storylines that are so much more dramatic and you maybe don't understand until you're an adult like adults are also just trying to work through whatever the fuck it is and they don't mean to like cause any harm (laughs) like it's so interesting sometimes like sometimes the non-obvious things that give us trauma and it's so clear that this has brought on this trauma for Daria where she says later to Jane I didn't I always thought that that my parents tortured me, but I didn't realize that like I actually tortured my parents. Right. That I was the source of their suffering and their struggle. Yeah. And that's what causes her when they tell her this to just get up and drive away. She's, she is overwhelmed and she starts driving to the cove to meet Tom and the Sloans. And along the way gets into a pretty, what could have been a very gnarly car accident a multiple car pileup that she narrowly avoids by pulling onto the shoulder, but it shakes her up enough 
that she aborts the plan of going to the cove and instead calls Jane and has her meet her at At, this random diner. Yeah. And it was, and like she gives Jane a really big hug and it's also cute that they kind of like change the scenery from the pizza place to the coffee diner. It's almost as if they're like upping the sophistication of their hangouts or something. But I, but also pulling them outside of, Lawndale like a little bit of a nod to what of what's to come like right about totally to leave the yeah. nest and and be out in the world and there was also this line that Daria had that was I didn't realize what a pain I was when I was just being me that was really sad and she also expresses that she is glad that she didn't end up going to see the Sloans because she would have liked seeing Tom, but she's glad she got to talk to the person that she trusts the most. And the misdirect is, is so cool where Jane is like, yeah, I know you wish you to went to Tom's. And she's like, yeah, I, I, you know, I wanted to talk to the person I trust most. And, and Daria's like, no, like I did get to, it's you. Yeah. That was like a nice thing to end on. I think that like they're telling us that Jane will always be more important than Tom. It's true. It is. It really is. And so she goes back to address it with her parents again. And this is where they really further soften it and recontextualize it for her. And Jake has a rare moment of like insightful power parenting Mm -hmm. where he expresses that you know, the way the frustrations they had were just the necessary other side of having such a smart and perceptive child. And that when they weren't happy, it's because she wasn't happy, but they were never unhappy with who she was as a person. Yeah, And that's a really important distinction. Helen is talking about like, listen, like if you don't want to be social, like that's fine. You choose your choices and we understand that. But then the student tour ends up being kind of like this microcosm for just like what she could choose, but she chooses not to. And um, what do you mean? Like like Daria chooses not to engage with people that she doesn't believe is are smart or she doesn't believe that she has many things in common with. However, the tour, which comes up again, is like something that she could choose to do, but she chooses not to. And that seems like one of those things where... But she does do it at the end. Right, but I think that that's what makes her do it, is being like, okay, I guess I could be making another choice or two that would like take me out of this isolation. Mm -hmm. But then she says this really sweet thing where she's like, perhaps I'm quite lucky to have you as my parents. Yeah, I loved it. I freaking loved it. And then she had, like, a quick check-in with Tom, which was kind of a negligible scene. It was just kind of showing that they are cool. What what about the Quinn part? Where where Daria goes into her room and the box is there. And it said, didn't know if you need this, but just in case, Quinn. Oh, my gosh. There was just so much sweetness in the set. By Daria doing the tour for the incoming freshmen, it was her kind of, like, closing that little seal with Mr. O'Neill too. Mr. O'Neill who is who has given her so many like chances to break out of her shell and most of the time she's like done that to appease him or because she feels like an obligation and most of the times it's gone well 
but she does that for him and then she does it with Jane. And that moment reminded me of the babysitting episode Mm. where Jane and Dario were babysitting together and ended up winning over the kids. I wanted them to clock at least one of the kids being stoked on their approach. Like it showed most of them being either horrified or confused. But Jane was trying to like get them to pay her for like special information about which of the locker room showers haven't been peed in. And Dario is very much like these lockers here make a perfect noise when you bang your head against them. Like very much being the tour guide, but the version that is the most true to her. Right. And, and she also, when she was talking about with Jane, her insecurities about all the things that she's done that she thought were bad for her or that she thought was just a choice she was making for herself and now being cognizant of the effects they had on her parents also took us on a little tour of past episodes because she referenced her violent uh, poetry that she was reading. I mean, it was obviously self-conscious. Like, the episode was very intentionally trying to show the way she's grown, but I was here for it. Me too. It was a really great episode, and it was, like I said before, the season finales are always super different and super good. And I feel like I felt like this was like the perfect bow on, on the series. You and those bows. I love bows. I take it know. out, please. Okay. <laughs> you better take out. I love bows. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sicker Sadder World. We have one episode left. We are watching Is It College Yet? Which is the final movie in the entire series. They're going to graduate. It's so exciting. And we're going to be here for it next week. We aren't going to get too sappy on you now. No one likes goodbyes. So we'll save it for next time. Yeah. But in the meantime, we have a Patreon, which we will keep updating with some content for about a month after we finish our next episode next week but if you'd like to continue with us on other journeys we have another podcast angel on top if you want to do more 90s nostalgia we're here for you thank you